Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take. It's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 203. I'm Schmitty. I'm Colin. I'm Johnner. And I'm Zook. And uh, we are really late in starting this episode. You know, we're getting good at that whole intro thing, though. I, I'm proud of us. We're, we're I think st- we've officially mastered it. Yeah, we're figuring it out. It's only been 203 episodes. Yay! Woo-hoo. And uh, after that first 30 seconds, we could promptly go downhill. Yep, because it's what we do. <laughs> and it at figures it was me. second mark. <laughs> at the 34 second mark, we mentioned how grateful we are for our wonderful friends over at 4814. Uh, it's 48-14.com, the best WordPress host on the planet, uh, nay, best website host. Even though they don't advertise it, I am quite positive they can host things other than WordPress. I'm, I'm just going out on a limb here, that if they can host WordPress, they can host other websites as well and do an excellent job at it, just like they've always done. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Stitcher.com, OpenBookAudio.com, and all of our many, many, many radio friends. And they are our friends. And you should check them out too. TrekRadio.net, CryptonRadio.com, Radio KSCR, all of them. They're just great. We're also uh, not brought to you, but we want to uh, bring up Symptom Issue Zero. Uh, We need to make a slight correction both to our episode and last week's SD files. Where um, I think we mentioned that he got a new artist. Yeah, that's not the case. The artist yeah, has no. just gotten a lot better. Well, and that's mm-hmm. that's not to say he wasn't good before. That sounds almost like a backhanded compliment. It does, but no. But the art's I great. Think they find, yeah, they, I think they fine tuned their art style, kind of what they were going for, which happens a lot more than you think in the creative process. And if you don't believe me, go back to the very beginning, the Penny Arcade. It happens. <laughs> Or Schluck Mercenary. Yeah. I think there's only one uh, graphic artist or comic book artist or webcomic artist who has not changed their style since the beginning, and it's XKCD. I don't know. Those stick figures look pretty refined. (laughs) They're photorealistic now. (laughs) Well, he renders them in 8K now, you know, so they're they're forward compatible. They're they're future-proofed. All right. Yeah. 8K lines. That's good. Um, all right. Uh, where can people find out more information about Symptom Comic in their Kickstarter? Uh, at the link in the show notes. I don't know. I, I, th- I can't think of the link off the top of my head. Somewhere on Facebook and Twitter? Also Twitter at, at Symptom Comic. Yeah. You can find them on Google. Just type in. <laughs> <laughs> Let me Google that for you. No, I'm I, like I said, I do apologize. It is late, and I've just kind of been dropping people right into the line of fire, because that's what I do. Um, I'm recording in a new location, so if you hear a lot of clicking, that is my new keyboard and mouse. I have to work on that. Uh, Colin is recording with a new understanding of microphones. Hey, leave me and my mic alone. It's not my fault that it decided, hey, let's sound automatically better on the other side. <laughs> You know, cameras work better when you hold them the other way, too. No. <laughs> I like those close-up pictures of my eyeball. <laughs> hey. Your eyeballs look pretty. Glaucoma free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this ma- this microphone runs on magic. I don't understand it. Um, my name is Schmitty. I've been glaucoma free for 35 years. 
It's too bad because I really missed the pot. Um, the biggest news that came out this week is probably not even tech-related, and uh, Dr. Squishy had already covered it in the Moving Picture Show, which you can hear right here on StolenDroids.com. Uh, but Marvel has finally been able to wrest control of Spider-Man away from Sony, at least temporarily. Um, Spidey will be joining the Marvel Comics Universe, or Marvel Cinematic Universe. Sorry, that's what the MCU stands for. Are any of us really surprised? I mean, well, it in a way it was it was a surprise. I mean, with with the hex on on Sony um, and the emails that surfaced from that, we knew that they were in talks about it. Um, I'm surprised that it happened the way it did. I thought it was either going to be a straight up um, purchasing of the Spider Man um, trademark or copyright, <laughs> whatever. Um, but no, this is this is they're actually sh- just sharing. Spider-Man. They did this I, thing called compromising. Yeah, it's a compromise. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be the same Spider-Man, um, not not Andrew Garfield, but I mean, it's going to be the same. Uh, they're sharing the same Spider-Man. It's not going to be different, like like the Scarlet Witch issue and, and Quicksilver. So, it's it's kind of interesting the way that they worked it out, um, and the way that Squishy uh, um, explained it is that you know when Spider-Man is in. The Marvel movies, Marvel's going to be making the movie for that. And when Spider-Man is in the Sony movies, Sony's going to be making the movie for that. So it's not like um, any one person is is benefiting 100% from this. So it's... Well, I would imagine, though, if they're going to have... Do we know if it's going to be the same actor or just the same (laughs) storylines? Andrew Garfield will not be in it anymore. And I love that because I can't stand him as Spider-Man. He bugs the snot out of me. But but because they say it is this same spider-man in both sony and the mcu it's very possible that they'll use the same actor for both of them um uh, dr squishy also mentioned that there is a rumor floating around that disney is looking at possibly buying sony pictures which might explain why they didn't write a straight out buy spider-man because why spend millions or billions of dollars on spider-man if they're planning on buying sony pictures Within the next couple months, so that'd be a really interesting acquisition. I'd be interested to see how that goes. But what, what I'm kind of interested about is um, when Marvel Agents of Shield was getting started in its first season, they had certain plans in place, right? That they're going to finish up the season a certain way, and they found out almost too late the storyline behind Captain America: The Winter Soldier, the return of Hydra. Certain like Agent Sitwell was actually a Hydra agent. On and on and on. I mean, there's a lot of things. I know. It, trust me, you've had time. <laughs> oh, by the way, Sky is actually Quake. Get over it. What? Um, also, yeah. Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Just- oh, no, I, I called Sky <laughs> on like episode two of Agents of Shield. I knew who she was. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, I remember you calling that out. So I can confirm that. But um, <laughs> but the thing is, is that it really screwed with the storylines. It really messed with it. They had to completely scrap certain things they were doing and really fast think on the fly. And you know what? It worked. And it set up the second season really, really well. But the reason I bring that up is that because that was in-house. Yeah, That was Marvel TV and Marvel movies having issues communicating. What's going to happen when it's two completely different film studios? Sony comes out with a movie where Spider-Man does this and accidentally kills Mary Jane because they thought it would be a great idea. And Marvel's stuck going, oh, crap. Um, Change the script, hurry. <laughs> can Stark, like, revive her? Like, I don't know. Does that work? Can Thor <laughs> resuscitate her? Well, I wonder because- if they're going to be doing, like, each their their own set of timelines. 
That's possible. See, I don't think that's going to be the case. You know, I keep hearing all this talk that Sony has the creative control, quote unquote. But I really think that it's going to be Marvel calling the shots. Uh, I think it was Yuzuk who posted on Facebook that this is like when you are really bad at a video game and your friend is really good at a video game and you keep failing at the video game and so finally you give them the controller and say, here, do it for me. Uh, that's kind of what this, I think, but is. Then, but then you make them feel grateful for letting for you letting them play the game. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> that so, sounds like when I was a kid and I let my mom capture the princess for me in Mario. <laughs> Wow, I can't believe you just submitted that, dude. <laughs> hey, I was like three years old, okay? Oh, okay. It's all then right. It ha- okay. Then <laughs> it happened again for prom. Oh. Captured the queen. Oh, princess, sorry. <laughs> He's from That's Oregon. They don't have those there. But I, I really, in all honesty, think that Sony has looked at, and granted, the last three Spider-Man movies made a whole lot of money. The Amazing Spider-Man movies, though, I think are crap. I hate, hate how they portray Peter Parker. Peter Parker's not some hip dude who, like, rides a skateboard and has friends. Peter Parker's a dork that gets <laughs> crap beat out of him because he's a dork. And it, well, uh, and in Spider-Man the, 3, they with Tobey Maguire, I like Tobey Maguire as, as Peter Parker, but they just tried to cram so much in, and I think they've really kind of burned a lot of bridges with the fans. And so I think they're coming in and they're saying, okay, Marvel, fix it. Well, the thing is, there's a certain X factor, you know, and I don't want to spend the entire episode on this because Dr. Squishy already, Dr. (laughs) Squishy already talks about it much better than any of us can. But there is a certain X factor that Marvel brings to their movies. Guardians of the Galaxy, most people had no clue what it was even about, but you know what? We were all excited to see it. It's got the Marvel Sp- credibility. Marvel can do no wrong at this point, and people will go see a movie simply based on the fact that it's a Marvel movie. Spider-Man 3, I've never seen all the way through. It's crap. I saw the first two Spider-Mans. I, Schmitty and I went and saw um, Spider-Man 2, I think, opening night. We stayed mm-hmm. in line for hours, and they were good. They, they were good. Spider-Man 2 was was actually quite excellent. But there was just something about even the trailers of Spider-Man 3. I was not at all interested in seeing it. Even when it's on TV now, I'm still not interested in seeing it. Like, if it's a que- if it's a choice between that or turning the TV off and doing something else, I turn it off and do something else. It's not like I'm purposely hating it. It's just I am so uninterested. And in that way, and, and Sony did the exact same thing for The Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2. I'd see the trailers, I'd see the teasers, and it... Yeah, the hardcore fans, of which, admittedly, I'm not one. You know, Schmitty loves Spider-Man. I don't. You know, I'm not the type of person who will go and see it just because it has Spider-Man. You need to actually hook me. And they did nothing to hook me. I agree. I'm the same way. Yeah, and I think, like, because I I loved Tobey Tobey Maguire and the way he actually portrayed Peter Parker. The, The only parts I didn't like were when he decided, oh, hey, let's go into my emo phase now. And that, to me, just completely turned me off from the franchise, and I kind of associated it with that. But I still really liked the the first movie when that wasn't any form of a part of that. Um, I I think the way their creators have been working hasn't been working out at all. And so bringing Marvel in and allowing them to have a little bit of that, that creative control, but still having Sony on it, 
I'm still kind of iffy on. Yeah, because keep in mind that that Marvel is not going to make a full blown Spider Man movie. Um, they'll feature Spider Man possibly in the Civil War movie, maybe at the end of Avengers two. Uh, you know, we're not going to get a full Spider Man movie from Marvel. All the full Mar- uh, Spider Man movies are still going to be by Sony at this point, for for what we know. So. Um, so yeah, who who knows if if the Spider-Man movies themselves are going to improve? Oh, I just had a horrible thought, and I'm talking like worse than Darth Gungan. Okay. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> you know what Spider-Man's going to do in the MCU? He's going to walk up in the after-credit scene of Civil War, and it's just going to show the back of him at a press conference saying, "I've been Spider-Man." And I have an announcement to make, and he takes off his mask, and that's it. Because <laughs> that happens. That happens in the comics for Civil War. That yeah. scene, that actual scene, yeah. where you can see, yeah, and and that's it. That's his entire contribution to the MCU. And then the next Sony Spider-Man movie starts with people knowing who he is. Hmm. That's a possibility. Like, that, that's it. Yeah. You know, I I was excited when they announced the whole Civil War storyline in the MCU, because it's one of my favorite storylines in the comics. Uh, But the problem with it is, Spider-Man is a very huge part of that storyline. As you just said, Zook, I mean, that's where he comes out, for lack of a better term, uh, uh, with his secret identity. And the fact that Marvel was able to acquire the rights to use Spider-Man in the Civil War movies, and I believe it was confirmed he will be in Captain America 3 uh, Civil War, and I'm guessing he'll be in Avengers 3 as well. And, but that is such good news. And I am so happy because I really believe that they're going to be able to do the Civil War storyline right now. I wish they had Reed Richards from Fantastic Four. But judging by the trailer <laughs> from Fantastic Four, we don't want that Reed Richards. Uh, I'm not impressed by that trailer. And I have no hopes for that film at all. But I would really love to see Marvel actually get the rights to Fantastic Four so that they could throw Reed Richards into that as well. Yeah. Well, and as uh, you, you mentioned, you know, a lot about Civil War um, and th- this deal with, with Spider-Man between Sony and Marvel also includes um, all of the ancillary um cast around Spider-Man. So it's very possible we might see Norman Osborn in the Civil War as well because of this. So... I am kind of curious because because they are going to feature him first off in Civil War. If when the new film comes out, if they're going to go through and do the origin all over again, because honestly, everyone already knows the origin story. There's not really a point to put in the origin story all over again. Um, it just yeah, I, doesn't I really make sense. They, I think they did state that they're not going to do. An origin story on yeah. that. So. I, I mean, there's we've seen these origin stories for Batman and Spider-Man and all these different characters Superman. so many times over the years. Everybody should really know the origin by now. Granted, my wife had no idea the origin of Superman when we went and saw Man of Steel. She had no idea he was an alien. Which I actually like the way that they did it in Man of Steel, though. Through flashbacks? Instead of just having like the, the 30 minutes yeah. based on, oh, this is how I grew up. It was yeah. just the flashbacks. It was perfect. You know, if they were to do something like that with Spider-Man, I'd probably be okay with it. But we really don't need these origin stories rehashed over and over and over again every five years because they're rebooting their franchise. 
Yeah. But okay. I, I'm excited for this. I think it's going to be awesome, and I cannot wait to see what Marvel does now that they got one of their key players in their in their comic universe on their in their movie universe as well. I am tentatively excited. Then you are not a true geek, friend. <laughs> I am a skeptical, cynical geek. I am a geek twice burned. <laughs> that is true. We get burned a lot as geeks, don't we? We do. It's because we're so, so flammable. Um, the fat let's sizzles. go to <laughs> let's go to murder. Because why not? That's a nice little sausage. segue. <laughs> I'm not even going to try and segue this episode. No sausage. There will be zero sausage in this episode. But we're I just like going to hit. We're, I'm sure you do, ladies. He's single. Um, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just no. <laughs> Can't keep up with me, Junior. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. <laughs> so, I, yeah, okay. So, what we're going to do here this episode? We're just going to hit every headline in the order they're in. Sounds good. This should be hilariously wrong. Okay, so a so teenager. how about that Galaxy S six? Screw you, Colin. <laughs> okay, so a teenager was arrested um, for killing a classmate, and the way they caught him, I'm not really sure how to chalk this up because on one hand it's obviously incredibly stupid, but on the other it's also incredibly disturbing. The dude took a Snapchat selfie. With the corpse. Thinking that, oh, it's Snapchat. It's just going to delete off the servers after a few minutes. Yeah, but there's this little thing called screenshotting, idiot. (laughs) He sent it out to people. They screenshotted it. And I I don't think that's actually something you could do as a verb. They took a screenshot of it. And, um, yeah, as it turns out, taking a picture of yourself with the person you just killed... Is grounds for an arrest. Who knew? It's kind of self-incriminating. It's also a <laughs> yeah, good a way little. to get charged as an adult. Yeah. I. On one hand, it's like, well, yeah, this guy's so stupid, so stupid. But on the other hand, this is dark. Who does that? And I don't know. Is this kind of indicative of the culture of the whole the, the selfie thing going on here? Are people that self-obsessed that even the new serial killers are also obsessed? Yeah, it's, it, it, sh- it shows how... Um, ingrained the culture of the, the or the anonymous culture of the internet has become where it, well and not not just anonymous but also temporary or believed to be temporary uh, you ha- kind of have this degree of um, carelessness on the internet because there seems to be this layer that's that's protecting you even though in reality there's not but he he had this false sense of security because of of what he believed it to be. He believed it was, wasn't going to last. He believed that his picture was going to be deleted um, and he that he wasn't going to get caught. So it's kind of... Kind of, kind of implied anonymity. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you on that. Back in the day, and I and even though this, he's only done one, uh, I'm going to put him up there with serial, serial killers because in my mind it takes someone truly warped to do something like this. Back in the day, um, people like Charles Manson or other serial killers always, you could kind of tell which era they were from because, you know, political activism, mass killings in the name of political activism. Well, that was kind of the, uh, the force du jour of the day, which is redundant in two languages. Um, 
And now we have the sociopaths or the psychopaths, however you want to put it, from internet culture. So, I don't know. Is the next one going to try and memeify their kill? I mean, is that where we're going? It's kind of disturbing. Yeah, I don't that, know. That's... Yeah, that's a, that, that is a really disturbing thought. I think that... I think that our society has lost its way. And I think, unfortunately, that the internet has contributed to this with the perceived anonymity. You can be... You know, you could be a dick. You could be a great person. Whatever the case may be in real life. But once you have that veil between you and real life uh which is your computer screen and keyboard it it's like all common sense goes out the window and people think that they can do whatever they want and get away with whatever they want and it's really quite disturbing quite disturbing Mm -hmm. yeah um but on a positive note spider-man's coming to the mcu that is a very positive note I'm sorry, I couldn't just let it sit there that heavy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think I really just want to pop a bottle and, and cheers to it. Well, you know, it, it, it brings to mind, though, that um, when when I'm playing online games with, with people and the, there's there's this, you're not really face-to-face with the person, you're behind a layer of anonymity, and I'll get the most obscene... Uh, uh seen obscenities <laughs> <laughs> yelled at me and and i'm pretty sure that if i was in the same room with that person they would not be saying the same things um and so like the, the entire internet from you know from the late 90s and on has had this extra layer of uh, I don't careness about it, you know. <laughs> you know though we've talked about this in the past and Zook you've yeah. mentioned how your online persona is pretty much who you are and i'm the same way i'm kind of a jerk in real life as well i like to stir things up and have fun uh, i don't mean to be a jerk but you know whatever um, i don't care what you think um, <laughs> but you know it's it's interesting because we're from an older generation and especially me old man's honor here uh get off my long kids Whoa, whoa, whoa. Speak for yourself there, bud. <laughs> hey. Not an oldie here. Quiet up, youngin. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a teenager anymore. <laughs> Such but, a little whippersnapper. But we have, we we treat it differently than kids today do. I mean, you get a 12-year-old on Xbox Live, and he's cussing like a sailor. Yeah. And he's saying things that he did to your mom last night, and I'm pretty sure he's never met my mom. Uh but he still is... Your mom has married a lot of men. He is. You know, he makes he makes these claims. I'm going to disregard that. I have something on my nose. I can't believe nose. I just said that. I can't believe I just said that. I'm sorry, Zonor. Mama Zonor, if you're listening, please Zonor. mute like 30 seconds ago. But the problem is, is that Zonor's sister listens to the show, and she'll kill me. Anyways... <laughs> We have a set of morals and standards that I don't think this younger generation has. No, no, it is. It's that air of accountability. And I don't know, without trying to get onto a huge tangent about it, because we could go on for this for hours, but we would just sound like old fogies the longer we went. But I think this is like the ultimate example of it, this headline. It, it really Look, I'm is. Not, I'm not accountable even when I'm taking a picture with a freaking corpse. He'll probably plead not guilty. No, the body uh, oh, was the, just there. It's photoshopped. Uh, oh, I just found it. No worries. 
Yeah. You can, you can't prove I did it. Yeah, it's called the douchebaggery defense. Didn't work for <laughs> OJ. Won't work for you. Okay. Um. Hey, speaking of gaming, this one is kind of a happy gaming story. Um. For years now, and I remember when they first started doing this, and everyone's like, "Oh, what a novel kind of publicity stunt." No, it's a serious thing. Nissan and Sony have worked together for years and held annual competitions to find the best gamers out there who play Gran Turismo and can pass off a set of challenges, win races online, and then they take them out to a camp where they test them for mental fortitude, physical stamina, and they make these gamers into actual racers. And this year, the gamers won. Yeah. Well, and and I want to point out that the reason why this works... Um, is because Gran Turismo isn't just any racing game. It's a driving simulator. Um, and if, if any of you out there have, have played racing games and then have played Gran Turismo, you know what I'm talking about. It's a completely different game. It's not just your average arcade racer. It simulates everything and to the T. So it's it's no surprise that you can get some of the best racers in Gran Turismo, the game, put them in a real-life scenario, teach them actually how to drive if they don't already know, and that they can apply the things they learn from the game in real life and win. So it's um, it's just a testament to how well the game is made. So, Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's a testament to a lot of things. This was at the, the Bathurst, uh, or Bathurst, I'm not really sure how they say it, um, 12-hour event. It was a, uh, there's three drivers, it was an endurance race, and to be fair, the last driver was a professional, was a long-time professional. But the two other drivers were not. They were amateurs, for all intents and purposes. I mean, they're obviously less amateur than, say, I am. But they were video gamers. They were people who got their start racing doing video games. And it's just, I don't know, somehow that's kind of vindicating to me. (laughs) Even though I had nothing to do with it, and I don't even play Gran Turismo anymore, not since 2. Yeah, I... It is kind of indicating, and I, I, I play uh, Forza Horizons and Forza Motorsport now, um, and, and I like to think that maybe someday I could, I could get into racing, you know, when I grow up. <laughs> so it, it, at, at one point, this is kind of a hopeful for, for people like me. I, I, I know that it's, it's more far-fetched for, for me because I'm, I'm already late in my years, and I'm not playing Gran Turismo uh, no matter how but, realistic Forza is, Grand Turismo and, is still well, and it's also you know even if Schmitty couldn't race around a racetrack at 200 miles an hour for 12 hours straight, chances are good he could repel an alien invasion. Exactly. You know, I want to know where the academy is for that. Yeah, put me in a Spartan suit. I'm good to go. With how much zombies eat my neighbors, I played as a child. I should I should be able to kick some serious butt. <laughs> That's, that was a game. Yeah, yeah, you can you can actually kill people or kill zombies with squirt guns, right? Uh huh. Perfect. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I okay. think they're called fire hoses. Yeah, it was for the uh, <laughs> SNES Zook. I never had that. I was a Genesis man. Take it to the next level, <sighs> so Colin. So sad. So sad. <laughs> Is that the same game that's on Android now? I don't know. Because I've is, actually like, played a game by that title that. on Android, and I don't believe we used squirt guns, but it was a fun game. Punch versus zombies? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, I, I blinked the past two minutes. So We, we call that defensive horticulture, the game. Um, <laughs> hey, let's talk about uh, robot abuse. So, 
Boston Dynamics, you know, the people who are making the killer robots that Google decided to purchase up for some reason, they have released uh, footage of their new robot named Spot. Now, years and years ago, they had this huge, like, miniature horse-sized robot they called War Dog. And that then led to Big Dog, which I think just went dog. And they kept miniaturizing it, but it was a um, quadruped robot that could um, access different terrain and carry heavy loads and follow. It was designed for war. It was designed humans. So, yeah, yeah, you know, the usual. Well, they've made a much smaller one that's now just kind of the size of a Mastiff. Uh, so when I say smaller, I'm talking regularly, uh, relatively. 160 and, pounds. Yeah, and it can carry 340 pounds. So that's that's impressive. But to test this ability, they've released a video, which t- this TechCrunch article has a, a wonderful gift taken out of it, where they kick the crap out of the dog and show how it's able to stay upright. And... I know this is just me personifying an inanimate object, but I'll be damned if that robot dog doesn't seem mildly surprised it just got kicked in the solar plexus. <laughs> Wait, that wasn't part of the script? What are you doing? <laughs> it's, it's like, it's indignant. This is why yeah. they're going to turn on us, people. <laughs> Stability yeah. test number 53, kick it again. <laughs> you know, if, if Spot doesn't, if, if, if the dog in this video doesn't have any sentience, um, then, then that's fine. But when robots do take over the world and they're looking back on the archives and see this, <laughs> it's not going to bode well for us humans. <laughs> Look, they just make it a freaking repeating gif of it over and over again. <laughs> Look, he's just kicking it over and over and over. They probably laughed at this on a podcast in Utah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the video because, I mean, uh, kicking aside, uh, robot abuse aside, <laughs> um, I, you can tell, I mean, how advanced they've gotten in, in their robotics, roboticism, roboticistry. Robotics? <laughs> robotics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's climbing up and down the hill uh, like, like a pro. Um, they even, they even uh, put it up against War Dog. Uh, it not only outpaces it, but War Dog, you can, it's, War Dog is definitely louder. I think it's running on a diesel engine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it has a crank start. <laughs> And so, yeah, I mean, they've come a long way, uh, but it it does start to get terrifying when you start seeing two of them in the video, and then like my mind immediately pictured like four hundred of them. And yeah, I'd like terrifying. to point out this is the same company that made that uh, flea that could jump, or the one that ran like sixty miles an hour and looked like a crab doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, when I see stuff like this, I immediately think of I think it was Terminator Two: Judgment Day, the scene where. All of the Terminators are wiping out the humans. Yeah, this is what this is leading to, people. And I don't know why these scientists don't understand that the more sentient they make these robots, the greater chance that we're all going to be extinct because of these robots. The the first Terminator model designed by machines and built by machines, so the entire, the very first machine-created machine, uh, will just be one that kicks us. <laughs> like, like that, right. that's what they're going to take away from this Problem is, it's time that we started the movement to ban any form of robotic abuse <laughs> stand tall with me I'm only six uh, foot tall but I will stand all six foot tall with yes. you perfect <laughs> because yeah we've got to go on record so that when judgment day does happen they don't come after us first it'll give exactly. us some time 
It doesn't help that our name is stolen droids. Now we're we're they like may think that we stole some of them. Ooh, good point. Good point. Droid traffickers. We may need to rename our podcast, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the We Love Droids podcast. <laughs> Yeah, that's, okay. this is messed up, and I don't know why these scientists, you know, can you do it and should you do it are two very different things. <laughs> Quick, let's mount a Gatling gun to him and then kick him. Um, <laughs> hey, you know what else is messed up? Jeb Bush. Oh, you segued. No. And I, and, and I do agree. I don't like Jeb Bush. So um, politics aside, because we're not getting into that, we're, we are a tech and geek podcast, and and how you can screw that up. And if you're the governor and hoping to be a presidential candidate, uh, you can screw it up royally. <laughs> In an effort to be more transparent, which I can applaud, he published all of his emails from his time as governor. It's now on public record, and you can access it. And you know what? After the whole Sarah Palin crap that happened when her emails got leaked out online and all the stuff we saw, and she's not the only one. There's been many poli- politicians whose emails have been hacked and have been leaked out, and you can see all the crap they've done. He's trying to say, look, go ahead and hack it. You don't need to. Here's all of them. It's all public record. You know, I didn't engage in any funny business. Uh, you know, I'm my hands are clean. Everything's on the up and up. And under normal circumstances, I would say this is awesome. There's a problem. It means that if you ever emailed the governor of Florida with any kind of sensitive information... He just published it. Yeah, no redaction or anything. Yeah. He didn't let you know. He didn't contact you. It could be your social security number. could be your personal address. It could be intimate details. I don't know what you're writing to a Republican governor. You know, hopefully it is all on the up and up. But even up and up stuff can have some sensitive information in there. So there is such thing as too much transparency. In effect, the governor of Florida or former governor of Florida just doxed everyone. I'm curious if there are if if there's going to be a, a class action lawsuit for this. You know, I'm normally I'm the vengeful, bitter one that says, "Oh yeah, totally stick it to the man." Uh, in this case, I'm going to say, "Yeah, there probably should be a class action lawsuit." Yeah. Not because I'm being mean, but because this was really negligent. Yeah, my feelings towards Jeb Bush aside, uh, this uh, this is unacceptable. He really needs. He really needs to be sued for this sucker. Well, and 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 Zoner, speaking as someone from authority who has had their identity compromised by how many companies now? Three with Anthem, yay! Uh, doesn't this mean that like the state of Florida owes everyone in Florida like a free year of identity protection? At very minimum, <laughs> at very minimum, he's going to be campaigning for at least two years for president since the election is end of next year. So we're looking at two years. That's two years that people are going to be scrutinizing this stuff. And that's two years that people will be, well, your stuff is basically at risk. Yeah. I, for those of you who don't recall, uh, or who are new to the show, I was a victim of the target data breach. I got a free year of credit monitoring the following year. I was a victim of the home data or home Depot credit breach. And got another free year of credit monitoring and Anthem Blue Cross out of California just had a data breach, which I think 80 million customers or 88 million people, something, a huge amount. I Yeah, I, I'm with them for my health insurance. So guess who's getting another year of credit monitoring? 
I actually use this as a barometer of which companies not to go through. Hey, Zoner, who's your health insurance through? Oh, them? I'm not going through them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like a magnet for data breaches. I don't know what it is. It's like if there's a big data breach, it's me. It, it, if I lived in Florida, I'm pretty sure that I would be. In fact, I might be involved in this anyways, even though I've never corresponded with Jeb Bush. But, you know. He just pulled your information. And- yeah, I, I'm sure that somehow I'm involved. <laughs> We know it's going to get really out of hand when Zoner just starts giving out free years of uh, credit protection as like, Christmas stocking stuffers. Well, I had five this year, and I can only use one, so I thought I'd give it to someone. Here's a gift certificate. Oh, man. Let's hope not. But I, I'm seriously at the point where I'm ready to just get LifeLock or something. That was not an endorsement for LifeLock. Also, LifeLock doesn't work. Um, okay. Into Facebook news. Um, so this has been an ongoing thing. Um, what happens to your Facebook profile when you die? In my Face- experience, your friends just stay there unless you unfriend them. And their pages don't get updated very often. Yeah, the uh, the current um the current rule of thumb is that Facebook will freeze your page upon proof of death. So if they receive a death certificate, an obituary, something, a legal document that says you have passed on, they freeze your page. And it becomes kind of an immemorium page. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, However, that kind of had problems. Uh, We didn't talk about it on this show, but it was talked about a lot uh, when last year. You remember those videos that Facebook was making? It's been a great year, you know, and just taking random photos from your feed. And this father who had just lost his daughter suddenly had this video of you know this video filled with pictures of his daughter saying wasn't this a great year and he just buried his child so the freezing profile thing doesn't always work well they've introduced a new idea here and i think this is probably the right way to go you can go into your settings here at least in the u.s they're starting to roll this out into other countries a little bit later but they you can actually set almost like a next to kin or a um an authorized agent of sort so that if anything should happen to you you can go ahead and <laughs> are you guys okay <laughs> call it just asked if they expect a picture by a snapchat <laughs> <laughs> and here's where we all go to hell <laughs> I wasn't sure if I should say it. I was like, is it, is it too soon? Yeah, I think it's a little too soon for that one. Okay. <laughs> it's only been like, you know, 35 minutes since we talked about it. Not even that. It's been like 20. We're such oh horrible people. Oh, I was wait laughing till the, at his grammatical Zoner's rubbing off on me. Zoner quit rubbing Colin. Um... <laughs> Anyway, long story short, you can say who it is that is authorized to access your Facebook account should you die. Now, they will not have access to your personal messages, just your wall. So, I think this is probably the right way to do it. Yeah, probably. Probably. I've got I've got friends who passed away who are s- still on Facebook because they couldn't in their page or close their account after they died. Uh, and, and their pages have basically become an immemorium to them, you know? So I, I think it's, I think it's cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if this is kind of a, in response to um, the third party uh, companies that, that provide similar services. Um, there are, are services online where you can, um, you, you give them all of your account uh, credentials, logins and passwords. Um, so in the event, in the event that you die, they go and, and they can either close down all your accounts or, uh, you know, things like that. So, um, according to Facebook's, um, terms of use, that is, that is against their terms of use. You giving your, um, username and password to someone else. So this might have been in part because of that to kind of prevent you from doing that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I th- I think this is one of the f- the first good things that Facebook has done that's just like 100% right. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Well, um, you know, Schmitty, you were talking about these services that will do that for you. If you don't die, then they end up giving you a year of free credit monitoring once they get out your data leaked. True. Just saying. True story. You know, I know you mean that as a joke, but one of the easiest identities to steal is that of a dead person. Can I tell you I don't mean that as a joke? I really don't because... I can never tell. You laugh at everything. Giving giving all your data to somebody, you're just begging for a year of free credit monitoring. You really are. Shopping at Target the, or like the problem signing is, up is for that your company's since Zoner has said that, since Zoner has said that, I need to do the exact opposite because evidently that's what's going to help me. Probably, <laughs> probably. Okay, hey, uh, let's go into some Waze news, and this is kind of a follow-up from last week where we were talking about police departments saying that Waze was an easy way for cop killers to stalk cops, uh, but not see uh, the police in Miami. Again, it's at Florida. Um, they have decided to start, oh, geez, how would you even say this? Almost punking Wazers. Yeah, by, they're falsely reporting their location. I'm kind of wondering how this is working. Now, Now, in theory, the idea is that they falsely report where they are so people won't know where they really are and they can they can nab people. But this fails to me on a few different levels. And, and I know like Schmitty and Zoner and Colin, you guys have fail on other levels. But for me... How are they doing this? Because if they're reporting their position, logic dictates that they were at least at that location long enough to report it. So in that way, they are not falsely reporting their location. They're just not staying at the location they reported in at. They're passing the location at 70 miles an hour. <laughs> but but, but my, my point is that Waze doesn't say there is a cop here right now. It says that a cop was reported at this place at this time, which means it's still accurate. Yeah, but that there are also apps that um, uh, allow you to spoof your location, make it look like you're somewhere else. It's very possible that they're using one of those apps in conjunction with Waze to say, hey, I'm over on 34th Street when, haha, snicker, snicker, I'm actually on 33rd, you know. So, I don't know. That's possible. That is possible. Um, however, if my scenario is correct, then they're not spoofing it. They're using it exactly as it is, as it's designed, and they're doing exactly what I suggested they do last week when I said, "Don't stay in one place for so long." Yeah, that that is true. You know, the thing that gets me about this is they're trying to make it useless by reporting so much false information that it can't be trusted. However, if you see a cop on Waze while you're driving, you're going to know. 
cops have been seen in this area, I better be sure to drive carefully, drive within the speed limit, you know, no aggressive driving, whatever the case may be. That just, I think that just helps accomplish this. I know that they're doing it to try and make it so drivers will just ignore the warnings, but when people see the warnings, they tend to slow down and drive safer. So it's a good thing, maybe? Well, sorry, go ahead, Schmini. Yeah, I was going to say that another way they possibly could be gaming the system is that they might be, that they might sit there with ways open uh, when a when a driver uh, reports that there's a policeman there, you know, when, when, when you're using wave ways and it tells you a, a policeman is coming up, you can tell it whether or not that the policeman was really there. You know, you can say, Oh no, there really wasn't a policeman there. So maybe the cop is just sitting there saying, Nope, no policeman here. You know, but the thing is, uh, even if they are managing to successfully spoof their location, even if you know everything else is accurate, when I open up Waze and I'm driving, I'm still going to see one notification saying there's a cop over here on 34th Street and 70 notifications saying there's a cop on 33rd. That's true. You know, his one check-in does not somehow negate all the other Wazers who are going to be driving past and going, there's a cop sitting there. That's that's a good point, and and I wonder if Waze's algorithms are going to overrule that. Waze themselves are going to say, "Oh, look, there's 70 check-ins over here versus one over here. Let's remove that one." Or, well, know. and it's a little-known fact too amongst Wazers that you can actually report someone else's um, check-ins as fraudulent. Yeah. If and if Waze starts to see that there is someone because they give you points, you know they gamify it. We've talked about this before, but Waze gamifies GPS and crown sourced directions, and they give you points, and you can level up, and you can gain a crown, and all sorts of fun stuff. And if they find that you have been misreporting things, if you get reported enough, they ban you. Yeah. So I I think that all that's going to happen is to the Miami police is they're going to get banned from the service. <laughs> Yeah, I think another thing, it's it's kind of common sense that if you see that there's going to be a policeman and so-and-so, you're already going to be slowing down. You're not going to speed up right away because it's common sense. The cop has moved. It's a possibility that he's, you know, maybe a mile in front of you by now. You're going to go slower for a couple miles at least. Yeah. Though I'd Pretty like much to point until- out that you can't slow down if you're already going the speed limit. So kudos to those going the speed limit. <laughs> Yay me! I just use other cars as moving screens. <laughs> yeah, the just stay semi? next to the yeah. big truck doing eighty. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's all about parallax effect. Okay, um, need to hurry on here. Uh, Microsoft has confirmed that they are buying Sunrise, or is that the name of it? Sunrise. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Sunrise. Yeah, this this news came out last week. The Sunrise, which is a calendar app. Uh, was purchased by Microsoft, but Microsoft has actually confirmed it this week, and I think they spent an obscene amount of money on this thing. I've never used Sunrise. I understand it's amazing, but I don't use Outlook or Exchange, so I don't need these features. I'm I'm a Gmail user, pretty well, exclusively. See, here, here's the thing. Um, I am a uh, Exchange user, and I use Gmail because, little known fact, there is an APK out there for you Android users that add Exchange services into the native Gmail app. So you can pull all your mail into Gmail. And I like Outlook for Android. I do. I really like it. It's a well-built app. And the one area where it kind of fails is the calendar. Yeah. I mean, it's still doing better than other apps because it actually has calendar built into it, and most others don't. 
But the thing is, is that, and I know I haven't done this for a while, so this is almost a trip down nostalgia lane. You know which calendar could also pull in from your Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, all your social media feeds, and Exchange, Gmail, Yahoo, whatever else? The calendar on Windows Phone. It, it It's super powerful, super strong. I'm not saying that Microsoft didn't have to spend this money, this $100 million, but I've used Sunrise, and it's nothing I haven't seen Microsoft themselves do before on other platforms. So I'm kind of wondering, what the heck? I'm sure there's some other reason behind it that I'm just not privy to, you know? Well, you know, they say that Sunrise is still going to exist on its own, which they always say whenever any big company buys something like this. Oh, it's still going to, we're just going to let it run how it does because we bought it because we thought it would be fun to own or whatever the case may be. But they say that they're soon going to reveal how its features are going to fit into its universal app strategy. So I guess time will tell. I kind of wonder if... uh knowing how douchey Google can be towards Microsoft and their apps, I kind of wonder if it's the fact that Microsoft can't get a calendar app approved, and so they're buying up an existing Android calendar app <laughs> to get by it. kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going it to be flagged. Go- yeah, Google will flag Sunrise. Sorry, you accept Exchange. Got to shut you down. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of with Zook on this one, because I, I recently also started trying out uh, Outlook for Android, the the Outlook preview, um, which for anyone who knows me will sound weird because I am a Google fanboy true through and through. <laughs> so to hear that I'm switching to using Outlook is, is really odd. Um, there are still some things I don't like about it, but uh, the calendar feature, like, like Zook said, is lacking in some ways. Um, and so I, uh, upon hearing this news, I actually started using Sunrise um unfortunately it doesn't work in conjunction with outlook but um i can kind of see how the two are going to work together um because of the similarities in in theme so i i'm starting to see microsoft vision um and and maybe i would have seen it earlier if i had started using a windows phone who knows but um it it fits them it fits their uh, the way that they're going um so i i can definitely see that this is good for them Mm-hmm. In uh, weird phone news, uh, Bloomberg has reported, has quote-unquote confirmed, though nothing is actually confirmed till it comes out, that the Galaxy S6 is going to have a flat variant and a curved variant. And when we say curved, we don't mean like the G Flex 2 from LG. We mean that really weird curved screen that Samsung has. That goes that, onto the sides. You that, mean the one that's going to break upon impact to the ground no matter what? <laughs> uh, no, I think I mean the one that basically gets completely rendered useless when you put a case on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Has anyone thought about that? Well, unless it's well, like... I mean, well, they shorten the case so it's not protective in that area. That's what they do. Well, it, yeah. They, well, the, the Galaxy Note Edge has, has a specific case for it so that when it's in... Uh, when it's on the desk or when you're holding it, you can see notifications on the edge without having to open up the case. So I, I can see it working in that scenario, but you're right, Zook. Any other scenario and it's not going to work. So Well, and, and Bloomberg claims, and again, I have to stress, they claim, this is still in rumor territory, that the, S, the curved X, S6 will actually have curves on both sides. What? 
because this is right, revolutionary. Yeah, left-handed people complained that when they held the phone in the right hand, the curve was just up against their thumb. To which Samsung said, "Well, you could flip the phone upside down." <laughs> I'm not kidding. They offered that as a suggestion. You're holding it wrong. <laughs> Am I? Let me show you how to really do this. Am I just an idiot here in that I don't understand why you would want this? I'm looking at the image here of the phone from the side. Why do I need to see a row of icons on the side of my phone? Well, it's. It, I've actually tried the Galaxy Note Edge, and it works surprisingly well. The, when, you're, when you're holding the phone and your thumb is on the side of it, it doesn't register that, those touches, so it, it's, it's never interfering um, with the interface in that way. But then when, you're, when the phone is in the case, you can see notifications on that bar, like I, like I said earlier. Um, when notifications aren't coming through, there are um, app shortcuts to the apps you use the most, and you can customize that. Uh, so that when you are opening up your case, you can hold your thumb over a certain icon, and so when you open up your case, that app is the one that that you see when you op- when you open up your case. Um, the the way that they've designed it, it works really well. And, and yeah, when when you just see it in pictures, it's really hard to understand how it's going to work. And so I I understand. Your I, I still kind of feel like the Note Edge is a solution in search of a problem. No, yeah, you're right. It's not, and and it's not that. It wasn't a success. Not a lot of people are buying the Note Edge. Um, and case in point, you know, not everyone knows about it. Uh, the only way I know about it is because uh, there's the outlier at work that, that buys everything that comes out, and I was able to play with it for the week that he had it. So, <laughs> but um, I have a suggestion for people, and, and Schmidty's going to dish out a big can of told you so to me, I'm sure. But if you'd like to see notifications on your phone without looking at your phone head on, or maybe even interact with them, or, I don't know, open up an app on your phone using some weird finger technique, I believe that's called Android Wear. <laughs> And speaking uh, of wearables... Oh, that wasn't meant to be a segue. Um, that was me trying to be a smartass, actually. Uh, but, yeah, let's go right into that. Tim Cook came out <laughs> and announced that Apple is going to revolutionize the smart, the wearable space. That smartwatches right now aren't that smart, you know? They're very hard to operate, and they can't do a whole lot. But Apple's going to come out with a device that can read your, that can give you notifications and allow you to write messages to people and interact with apps on your phone and even get health information about you as you wear the device. And this revolutionary device is going to be unmatched in the consumer space. Um, I'm kind of wondering if they have the internet at Apple because... Everyone else knows that this stuff already exists. And it's been out for a year and a half. Yeah. yeah and I mean, there's many different designs and styles and fashions. Yeah. I mean, every single thing that Tim Cook said in his description of what the Apple Watch can do is already available out there on today's smartwatches and fitness wearables and whatever the case may be. Right. You know, he said you can get notifications, sports scores, financial info, email, whatever the case may be. Right on your screen. Guess what? You already can. It's not revolutionary, Apple. Yeah, even Garmin has it. Fitbit has it. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, but they revolutionized the smaller circle icons did, on the did, display. Didn't the Pebble do it to a degree? Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah so. it didn't have a very good interface for um, responding to messaging, though. You couldn't respond to messaging. <laughs> Word. There, there were some apps where you could, you could respond with canned responses, but... Uh, 
And the Pebble also doesn't do any health monitoring. So, but that was like what three years ago? Something like that. They're still relevant. They just don't. They just don't do any of the health monitoring stuff. They're the cheap alternative. But I'm saying that Pebble was almost three years ago. Yeah. Well, they were and had many of the features last year, I think. But my point remains: it's almost three years old and has many of the features that Tim Cook is trying to say are coming out now with Apple. Revolutionary. Yeah. 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 It's like, dude, you're so late to this party, and you don't even know it. <laughs> well, so. you know, I don't know if he is just willfully ignorant in this, or if he's just being a dick and trying to discredit everything that everyone else has already done. That's kind trying. of Apple's MO. It, it really well, yeah, is. Jobs had that personal distortion field, the one that when he was saying, he was a great salesperson. You know, he was a pitch man. Uh, he could have sold ShamWow or OxyClean or anything. He sold iOS devices instead. He 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 sold a vision, and he did it very well. And he could sit up there on stage and BS you until the cows came home, and you believed it because he was so good at it. Tim Cook, not so good. Because yep. he says it, and you immediately know it's wrong. You know, it's like, no, that's that's not right at all. No, we'll do, um, for the record, I knew it was wrong when Steve Jobs was saying it, just because I... I no. <laughs> Fine. You're the apple-hating hipster. Congratulations. <laughs> but no, I we'll see s- your point, Zook. I mean, yeah. you look, this reminds me a lot of with Microsoft and their tablet, and then years later, we see the iPad, and everyone's like, oh, wow, the iPad. Look at what Apple's done. And then they come out with another tablet from Microsoft, and they're like, oh, you just ripped off Apple. And Apple's setting themselves up right now to be the the pioneers in the wearables even though it's already been out there for years and anything that comes out after this point oh you guys are just ripping off apple yeah though i do think in recent years the whole wane of apple loyalty will not work in their favor this time i i really hope so i hope people are wising up because i'm getting real tired of this lack of innovation but they do give us a lot of headlines they do Uh all right, into our favorites this week. Mine uh, comes from a very interesting YouTube mashup. Uh, I'm a big Star Trek fan. I also like the Star Wars. And, of course, there's always that fan battle, Star Trek versus Star Wars. Well, someone took trailers and some fan videos and some video game footage and did some very clever editing and fit the two together so it looks like a three-minute-long movie trailer for Star Trek versus Star Wars. There are a couple scenes that uh, probably shouldn't have been put in there, but for the most part, it looks very, very cohesive, and I would totally watch this movie, should it ever get made. <laughs> uh, my uh, favorite is a video from Brotherhood Workshop. Uh, this is a Lego version of, um, well, it's it's called A Hero's Reward. Uh Star-Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy, Han Solo from Star Wars, and Mal from Firefly are discussing um, how uh, how they got repaid for their heroic deeds, and uh, it's, it's pretty hilarious, so check it out. Uh, mine is on uh, uh, the real meeting the real Snape. So there's a video that, that came out that someone posted that basically plays everything in chronological order on all the scenes throughout the movie that shows um, exactly who Snape really is. Because we, we all still kind of see Snape as this darker being, but really he's got a much lighter side to him um, that you can see when you watch this video. 
And my favorite involves Conan O'Brien and Steven Yoon from Walking Dead, plays Glenn, getting naked together in a Korean <laughs> spa. Um, they get the flesh removed from It looks from like them. a torture session. It, it really does look like a torture session, but it is absolutely hilarious, so check it out. Excellent. Well, that is our show this week. Again, let us know what you're thinking. Feedback at StolenDroids.com or give us a call at 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. Uh, plus us, I think. And uh, don't bother with LO. No one's on there anyway. Until next time, cheers. End of line. Sayonara. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.